Do you love Philly sports? Hell yeah. Do ya? I do, I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Well, you're in the right place. It's the Broad and Patterson Sports Podcast with your hosts, Mark Giannone and Harry McMillan. And it starts now. Woo! Oh yeah, baby. Broad and Patterson Sports. Brought to you by PHLSportsNation.com. I'm Mark Giano, and once again, I am flying solo for this venture. Harry, still out on his um, his gentleman's retreat, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, but today, uh, a little bit to get into. A lot to get into, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Uh, from the past week, Jason Peters has agreed on an extension with the Eagles. Get into that. Uh, the Phillies still suck. Uh, and I want to touch on the uh, the Pete Rose issue from this past week because I think what's happened in the Pete Rose is just uh, I think it's time for Major League Baseball just to kind of get over it. But I'm going to lead off with the Phillies and I used a baseball reference to lead into it. Um, Matt Klentak is uh, he's kind of a complete moron if you ask me. Um, once again, he spoke before uh, the Eagles homestand opened up against the Red Sox this week um, and once again he kind of gave uh, fans and media the runaround you know they asked him obviously about call-ups of uh, Scott Kingery because Cesar Hernandez is down he's got an oblique injury he's going to be out a couple uh, right now they say it's six weeks but the oblique injuries are usually kind of weird and it could be a little bit longer than that so they asked about Kingery coming up to the majors, and obviously Klentak said it's just not happening. He says it's not, he's not, it's not good for his development to get called up. Okay, and then he says he's going to be called up to AAA soon. All right, well, guess what? The second baseman for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Phillies AAA affiliate, has been injured for about two weeks now. Scott Kingery is still in Double A. So why? How is that? How is it good for his development? Someone's, I, someone actually has to explain this to me at some point. How is it good for his development to just sit down in Double A and stew? Because that's what he's doing right now. How much more can he learn in Double A? How much longer is he going to be down there in Double A, tearing the cover off the ball before he realizes, you know, I've been down here a while and the competition down here is it on my level and I'm tearing it up down here I need another challenge and it's Klentak's job to give me another challenge and he's not doing that and I think in the long run really you're probably going to hurt him if you keep him down there any longer and you want the I mean Scott Kinger if you hear him talk from what I hear you know he's like Chase Utley he just wants to go out and play baseball and he might not think too much about getting called up but he's a human and he's an athlete and I think it creeps into his mind every now and then and I think it creeps into his mind that uh, why am I still in double a I am better than probably 85 to 90 percent of the guys that are here with me and this slow approach you know Matt Glentak he he's in the wrong city to be a general manager because he keeps preaching all this nonsense. And he, it almost like, it's almost like he talks to the fans when he, through the media as if everyone is, is completely out of their mind. Dumb. Like, we don't know what the hell we're looking at. We don't know what the hell's going on. We've never seen baseball before. 
Matt Klintak thinks he's introducing the sport of baseball to Philadelphia, and that's not the case at all. This is a smart city, I think. Uh, these are smart fans that he's dealing with, I think. I'm one of them. And and I know I know what's going on on the on the field is it's not up to par. It's not where it should be. I know the rebuilding, but I also know that there's guys in in the minor leagues that could make this team better than they are. Not saying playoffs, but better than they are, and definitely uh, put asses in the seats that actually want to see this friggin' team play night in and night out. Because right now they don't. I'm not watching it. I don't care. And that's worse. The fact that I don't care is worse for them than me being angry. And I think, uh, I think I'm think i in the same boat as a lot of people. Klintak keeps preaching this, you know, we got to find a happy medium between our past or our future and our present. Well, guess what? You're not, right now, you're not in a happy medium with those two, with the, with the present and the future, because the present is awful. Right now, you're leaning so heavily on the present that you're hurting your future. There is no medium here. That's what he doesn't realize. He thinks he's helping, but he's not. Nick Williams has been in AAA for a year and a half. What the hell more is Nick Williams going to learn in AAA that he hasn't seen already? Call him up. You got you. Cesar Hernandez is out for at least a month. You got an outfielder in Howie Kendrick in his 30s playing second base. So why not call up Nick Williams and put him in the outfield? Why are you trotting Daniel Nava out there? Why are you trotting Ty Kelly out there? I don't get it. If you really want to say we're having a happy medium, then how come none of the future guys are up on this roster right now? Why did they go out and get Michael Saunders? Michael Saunders is awful. And he says, Klentak says, Michael Saunders has the ability to carry a team for a month. Really? Okay. Michael Saunders hasn't hit over 240 since the All-Star break last year. To date, to right now, in the month of June, he is hitting .038. So at what point does Michael Saunders start to carry this team for a month? I don't think he's going to. I know he's not going to. So don't spew me this shit, Clintac, because I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me Michael Saunders can carry this team for a month. Where the hell is he going to carry him? Please tell me. Where is he going to carry the worst place team, the the last place team in baseball? Where is Michael Saunders going to carry them? That's such a dumb comment. He could carry a team for a month. Okay, well, if Michael Saunders is carrying a team for a month, then your team isn't that good. If a guy like Michael Saunders, is that, if that's who you're counting on to carry you for a month or any period of time, then you're an idiot, A, for saying it, B, for believing it. Michael Saunders should not be on this team. Matt Klentak has made bad move after bad move. I understand people are, you know, and you'll get the people, the, the optimists that say, oh, you know, you got to give him time. He's got all these guys in the minors. Okay, well, guess what? He's ruining the guys in the minors because they're they're playing above their competition level down there. They are better than the mo- than most of the players in AAA, and that's why the Iron Pigs are such a good team because they have a stacked roster of guys that should be in the major leagues, not down in the minors. 
I don't care if the Iron Pigs win the championship of whatever the hell league they're in. That's not going to get me excited. That's not going to that's not going to make me go brag on Twitter or to other people. I don't care. Call them up. It's it's very simple. If you want to find a happy medium, you got to give me two guys up here in the majors. And you got to give up on this Michael Saunders thing. You look at the moves that Klantak has made, and they're abysmal is putting it lightly. Michael Saunders, garbage. Clay Buckholtz, the trade for him. Uh, he pitched, what was it, a, a game and a half, if that. I don't even think he went, I think he went three innings in his first outing. Or so, I, don't, I don't even know. It's so long ago, it feels like. It feels like a year ago, but it's not. But Clay Buckholtz is done for the season. Uh, Howie Kendricks, you know, he played, he was playing well the start of the season, got hurt, come back, he's playing well again. I'll give you Howie Kendrick, whatever. Oh, Howie Kendrick, is, if that's your big claim to fame, you're in trouble. Jeremy Hellickson, uh, I'm not seeing much from him either. I mean, it, it's bad, it's bad outing after bad outing, and it's not just him, it's, you know, it's a lot of the guys on the pitching staff. Joaquin Benoit, another guy they brought in, another garbage arm in the bullpen. Uh, you know, Matt Neshek or Pat Neshek was a good signing. I mean, he's coming on a little bit as of late. But the point is this. They brought in all these guys, and everyone's telling you, well, you know, this is good. You know, they it's, 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 uh, it's deadline moves. These are deadline players. These are guys you can unload the deadline. Can somebody tell me realistically what the hell you think you're going to get for these players that it's worth signing them and it's worth keeping your top prospect minor league players down in the minor leagues? Please tell me. Because to me, the trade-off is better to have Nick Williams hitting home runs in the majors. It's better to have Reese Hoskins hitting home runs in the majors. Not down in AAA. I would rather see that than... Go and try to unload Howie Kendrick at the trade deadline for a third-level prospect that is probably never going to get called up anyway. That's what I want to see. If you want to get people to go to the games, if you want people to pay attention to what the hell's going on, then you got to call people up. This is getting ridiculous. No, it's beyond getting ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's a joke what's happening. The Phillies are an embarrassment to this city. They don't deserve to represent this city. They don't deserve to be called the Phillies. Call them something else. Call them a dumpster fire, because that's what they are. They don't represent this city at all. Matt Klintak is clueless. He does not know how to build a team. I don't care what anybody says. He has showed me nothing to tell me, to sh- to ha- for me to have any belief in him going forward. He's shown me nothing. He's giving me nothing. And if you're telling me that most of these guys are going to be September call-ups, then just pack it in now. Just pack the season in now. Because I'm done. And I think a lot of people are done. If you're telling me that guys like Hoskins, guys like Williams, um, I mean, Crawford, is yeah, he's, he's garbage too, but guys like Kingery, if you're telling me that these guys are all going to be September call-ups, and I don't think Kingery will, but I think... It's either it's still too late, even now. Kingery should have been up already. But if you're telling me that most of these guys are going to be September call-ups, then just pack the season in now. The f- tell the fans not to waste their time. Tell them not to show up. Just pack it in now. 
because there's nothing to watch here. What are we going to see? You're going to see a fireworks show every time Michael Franco steps at bat because his helmet's going to fly off his head into the air. You'll get to see that. That's exciting. That's something you want to show the kids. You know, it's Father's Day on Sunday, and fathers that are going down to the game should show their kids. I think every father in the Delaware Valley should take their young son or daughter to the game so you could show them how not to play baseball. Because that's what the Phillies are, are putting on right now. They're putting on a clinic on how not to play baseball. Dumb ways to play baseball. The 2017 Phillies. There you go. There's your video yearbook title for this year. The Eagles signed... Uh, I mean, this is a debate. This, this is a debatable move for what the Eagles did this week. Um, Jason Peters... He comes out for <clears throat> minicamp, finally. You know, he, he finally made his way to the mandatory stuff. And he comes out and says day one that, you know, he kind of stayed out because he's not thrilled with his contract. Really? Okay. He's not, he wasn't happy with the amount of guaranteed money he has. Nice. And, um, you know, he said the length was a problem for him, too. He wants to retire an eagle. I love that. You know, anybody that wants to retire an Eagle, is he's all right in my book. Here's the problem. The Eagles gave it to him. Here's the other problem. Jeffrey Lurie pulled rank, and, I mean, read it however you want, but he basically, from what it sounds, told Howie Roseman that you got to sign him. Because... One day later, from Peter saying that he wants another contract or he wants more money, he got it. One day later, it's announced, and he comes out for you know a little press conference at minicamp and says that him and Jeff Lurie are best friends, and he was praising Jeffrey Lurie for giving him for standing up for him. That's not okay. You can't have your owner showing that type of. I mean, how else do you call it with favoritism? That's Jeff Lurie's biggest problem and always has been is that he gets his guys and he's loyal to a fault. I mean, it must be great to work for Jeffrey Lurie, but looking at it as a fan perspective, I, you know, you you got to run your franchise more as a business and less as a daycare. I mean, come on. I look, Jason Peters is the Hall of Famer. Everybody knows that. Even... To this day, at age 35, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. But I don't see the upside. You know, he made it through last season. Uh, he didn't get hurt. By the grace of God, he didn't get hurt. And he made it all 16 games last year. But he led the league in false starts. So that's a guy that t like, chose me. That's a guy that lost a step, and he's trying to get every advantage he can on the uh, defensive ends he's going against. So now you just extended him another year. And this, you tell us that you're not putting Band-Aids on things, but how is extending a 35-year-old left tackle not putting a Band-Aid on something? You have to explain that to me because I don't get that either. I mean, I, you're giving all these one-year contracts out. That's fine. But now you've given one of the oldest guys on your team uh, this, this I don't I don't know if I want to call it unfair, but this, you know, 
the security that you're here after next year. Look, he's a 35-year-old offensive lineman. He does not have the mileage on him that the Eagles seem to think he has. I know, and I'm sure if you ask them, they're going to say, well, he played all 16 games last year. Okay, so what? That doesn't mean he's going to do it this year. He's gotten hurt the two years before. I mean, come on. What if he gets hurt? There's more of a likelihood that this guy gets hurt this year than he doesn't. And if he does, your out was that you could just you get rid of him at the end of the year. You only have to pay him one year. Now, you can't do that. It's going to cost you more if you want to get rid of him, if his play drops off or anything. So now you, you have this elephant in the room next offseason. If he has a bad year, if he gets hurt, you have this elephant in the room like, shit, what the hell are we going to do with this guy now? Now you have to go through the awkwardness of either asking him to take less money, which he's not going to do, or asking him to switch positions to guard, which now you're stepping on the toes of the good younger guards that you already have. And you're prolonging the whole thing of the ultimate plan that one day Lane Johnson is moving to left tackle. And you already drafted a guy to play right tackle in Big V. So now you're slowing that progression down by another year. So now, basically, Jason Peters is on this team for the next two years, as it seems, because they're not going to be able to cut him at the end of this year. So now you got to hope, and you got to pray. you got to go to bed every night. Before you go to bed every night as an Eagles fan during this season, you got to, uh, every Saturday, we'll say that, every Saturday before you go to bed before an Eagles game, you got to pray that Jason Peters doesn't get hurt. Because if he does, the Eagles screwed themselves. They shot themselves in the foot, and it's all going to come back on Jeff Lurie. You can't put that on Howie Roseman. Some people might try to, but you can't, because it's not his fault. If the big guy upstairs is pulling rank and telling him, you got to sign this guy, then he's gonna he's got to do it. And they're going to they're gonna spin the bullshit that, oh, well, you know, we save some cap room next year. Like, how much are you really saving? And is it really worth that much? Probably not. Definitely not. It isn't. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, this is his biggest problem. And I said it, or I, I just said it. His biggest problem is he's loyal to a fault. Look, you can't have your the owner of your franchise being best friends with a player on his team because then you get shit like this shit like this happens and eventually you're going to get other players in the locker room that are like well hold on how the hell is he getting a contract just because he's friends with the owner like I mean you could put this you could put it right on Brandon Graham one guy that should be pissed off about this is Brandon Graham this is the guy that's outplaying other guys at his position on the team and he's making less money than Vinnie Curry and here's a 35-year-old, very much on the downside of his career, who just got a contract extension and more guaranteed money because he's best friends with the owner. How do you think a guy like Brandon Graham feels? This guy's out playing Vinnie Curry head and shoulders. I mean, he didn't have the he he had probably the best season on the D line last year, but that I mean it was the whole D line played, you know I don't want to say poorly, but not up to their level. But he definitely outplayed Vinnie Curry. 
And Vinny Curry's making a lot more money than him. So if you're Brandon Graham, you're looking at this like, so for me to get more money, I guess I just got to go make nice, nice with Jeff Lurie, you know, go sit next to him on the plane and go to his kid's birthday, you know, buy him a birthday gift, buy, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah gift. I mean, it's a bad precedent to set if you're the owner that says that, you know, you're looking out for a certain player because you're quote unquote best friends with him. That's, I mean, look, I'm, I'm all for the owner or higher management, you know, being friendly and being, you know, uh, having a good relationship with your players. But if it gets to the point where you're now basing major decisions about your team on the friendship that you have with a player, that's where you run into a problem. And that's where you, somebody, and I don't know who, I don't know if anybody can, but somebody needs to try to get in this guy's ear and be like, yo, you can't be doing this, you know. Maybe there's another owner, but why the hell would they? someone's got to tell him you can't openly show favoritism like that. Or if you're going to, you got to tell the player like, yo, you let's keep this on the, on, on the down low here. You can't, don't go out in the media saying that I stuck up for you and got you this contract because it shows a bad look and it a thousand percent does. I, <sighs> Jason Peters scares me because of his knee or just his body. You know, he's old. He's old and he's a big guy. but And I don't need the owner. Uh, look, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, uh, he's not exactly the best owner to begin with. I mean, he's owned the team since, what, 94, 95? And there's no Super Bowl since then. So, And he's been loyal, blindly loyal to guys his entire time. Joe Banner, Andy Reid left. You know, he got he was out of here probably two years too late. And now Howie Roseman. I mean, when you fire Chip, that's when you should have cleaned house. You know, you shouldn't have brought back Howie out of the broom closet to to be the general manager, whatever the hell you want to call him, whatever his position is. So Jeffrey Lure has always been blindly loyal to guys, and it's it's hurt his team, bottom line. I mean, you don't have a Super Bowl, so it's hurt your team. I don't care what anybody says. There's no Super Bowls, and you haven't been to the playoffs since Chip's first year. So you're hurting your team more than you're helping them with this blind loyalty. And I, I guess it's just in his nature to be that way, but, I mean, when you're running a business, you kind of just need to have, you know, you have to have, if you want to be friendly with your employees, you have to have two different sides of yourself. But you have to make it a very definitive line that can't be crossed. People have to understand that, yes, I'm... On, I have a good relationship with my boss, but at the end of the day, he is still my boss. And I can't cross this certain line or there's going to be consequences. And I am expendable. Every player on the Eagles should feel expendable because it makes them, makes them play better, makes them fight harder for things. And Jason Peters, now he's got this security. And I'm not saying Jason Peters is going to go out and dog it now that he's got pay, now that he's got more money. But, I mean, we've seen him do it in the past. Chip Kelly's last year, he, like, all but said he gave up. And now this guy's getting extensions. And I don't want to compare the two because a lot of players, you know, kind of packed it in Chip's last year. But I don't like the look. I don't like how it looks that the owner 
is just giving out contracts like that to guys that are his best friend. It's, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's, I think eventually it could become a problem. If something like this comes up again, if, um, if this is something that he does, that he's going to do again, I mean, and it may not, but to me, if I'm a player on the Eagles, I'm not totally okay with the owner sticking up for a player that is not part of the long-term plan here when you really think about it. I mean, he probably probably should have been cut this offseason. If you want to move ahead with this thing, he probably should have been cut this offseason, and that's when you should have moved Lane Johnson to left tackle. Because if that's your move ultimately, then when's that going to happen? So now we're putting this whole thing on hold for two more years, basically, barring uh, barring Peters getting hurt. You're basically putting the whole Lane Johnson move to left tackle on hold. And if Peters play declines and he can't play the guard position, now you have a really high-paid backup left tackle. I think, I think it just sets up bad for the Eagles. I think it sets up. It's not a good look, um, and I think the the word culture is thrown around a lot. But I think the Eagles have to really have a revamp of their culture, and you know they they're trying to go so extreme opposite of um, of Chip Kelly, and I think it's really starting to it it it's starting to kind of cloud lines that players are starting to probably think that you know we could just kind of we could just kind of run run amok and these guys are just going to have our back you know you got Doug Peterson coming out saying he's going to love on you got to love on these guys and this and that and then it's just like Nigel Bradham does his thing down in Miami and then nothing really happens to him but then Josh Huff has his problem and he gets cut like you have to you have to really just set a certain precedent. Like if you have anything with the law, you're done. So players know that. Like it's almost like you're saying, and I guess in some cases this is this is true, but it's almost like you're saying that if you're a certain player on this team, you you know we'll we'll sweep whatever you do under the rug. But if you're a lower end guy and you break the law, then you're fine. And I don't want to get on on this tangent of breaking the law and stuff like that. I just want to. I don't. I don't. I don't like that Jeffrey Lurie is doing this. I think Jeffrey Lurie just needs to let people run his team for him because he's not a football guy. Okay, and I know that term gets tossed around a lot, and some people don't like it, but it's true. He, he's not. That's why he hired. That's why he's not like Jerry Jones and tried to be the general manager because he doesn't really know what the hell he's doing when it comes to that. So you got Howie Roseman, you got Joe Douglas in place. Let them handle contracts. Let them handle player personnel. Don't pull rank and say you have to give Jason Peters a contract because at 35 years old, he shouldn't be getting contract extensions. He should have just been locked in to the contract that he's in, and when it runs out, then you real explore if you want to bring him back or not. You don't go making promises to a 35-year-old offensive lineman, bottom line. All right, now we're moving on. Pete Rose. And look, I don't totally, I don't want 
I wasn't re- I wasn't around when Pete Rose did what he did. I wasn't around when Pete Rose got caught. I know Pete Rose is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And this week came out uh, National Baseball Hall of Fame president Jeff Idelson Idelson um, that the hall the, he said that this week that the Hall of Fame Board of Directors is upholding the rule to prevent Pete Rose from getting into the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose is still banned from baseball. He still, obviously, now he can't. He still can't get in the Hall of Fame. And I think it's so petty what Major League Baseball and what the Baseball Hall of Fame does to these players based on personal feelings. This happened over thirty years ago with Pete Rose. It's an entirely different world now. Teams, I know he bet on his sport, but now you're having major sports leagues putting teams in Las Vegas. What do you think is going to happen? You think, like, you want to go against betting, and I know it's not the MLB that's doing it, but these these teams want to, these leagues want to hold this, this stance against sports betting, but then they're putting teams in the betting capital of the world. Baseball needs to get over itself. It's not just Pete Rose. It's guys like Kurt Schilling. It's guys like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens. The list goes on. There's guys that have never been caught for anything. It's just based on suspicion that they're not getting into the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is the all-time home run leader. He has to be in. There's Pete Rose memorabilia in Cooperstown. Bats, helmets, jerseys. So if you're going to acknowledge the things that he did on the field with his memorabilia, with his name, then you have to acknowledge the man. That's the bottom line. This nonsense, this vendetta that Major League Baseball has against Pete Rose has to go away. It's not a good look. Look, I understand what he did wasn't best for the sport. But if Pete Rose is going to get banned, then guys that get caught cheating with steroids and PEDs need to get banned. Okay? Don't come out with the with the CBA and, oh, if you get caught the first time, it's 25 games. No. Did Pete Rose get 25 games the first time? Did he get a chance to not do it? Again? No, they just banned him. Ryan Braun gets caught and gets caught lying about it. He lied about it. He threw other people. He tried to cost other people their jobs so he couldn't get caught and still got caught and Ryan Braun is still playing in the major leagues. So why the hell can't Pete Rose get in the Hall of Fame? Pete Rose, he's going on the Wall of Fame for the Phillies. He's in the Reds Hall of Fame. If you're going to allow individual teams to honor this man, then why the hell isn't the league bringing him back in? It, the hypocrisy of it all is outrageous to me. You are gonna, you want to ban him. You won't bring him back in. You won't reinstate him. You won't let him be part of anything. But you're, you let teams bring him back for Wall of Fame night. You let him throw out the first pitch at the Reds game. So what wh- what's going on here? If you're going to let him do one, let him do it all. If you're not going to let him do one, don't let him do it all. He's the greatest hitter of all time. 
He was part of great baseball teams. The big red the big red machine in Cincinnati and he won a World Series here. The MLB needs to get over itself. They're not the end all be all of sports leagues. They are a hurting league. If it wasn't for TV if it wasn't for all the ridiculous TV contracts that they get, they would be a team in, in, in a lot of trouble because I know no one's watching these games. You think they think people out in Milwaukee when the Brewers are doing bad are watching these are watching Brewers games? Probably not. Do you think before the Astros got good, a lot of people were watching those games? Probably not. So, and it in a league that I believe is very much losing interest as far as from a national perspective with the other leagues on the rise and baseball declining and you know that they feel it because they're trying everything they can do to change it up and speed up the game and everything like that why not bring back reinstate one of the greatest players your sport has ever seen I don't understand it and I I have I have his stuff here. I'm looking at it. He was a 17-time All-Star, won three World Series. He has the most hits of all time, 4,256, and he'll tell you that every time. It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute. It's a crime what Major League Baseball is doing to Pete Rose. It's an absolute crime that this man is not allowed back in baseball. He's not allowed in the Hall of Fame. How are you going to have a respectable Hall of Fame and one of your best players of all time to ever play the sport isn't going to be in it? How do you you respect something like that? Because I don't. I don't respect these Hall of Fames. And it's not just baseball. There's the, uh, the NFL Hall of Fame or the Football Hall of Fame has its own problems, but that's a, that's a show for a different time. Right now, one of the greatest players in baseball history is being raped of his legacy. That's what's happening. Major League Baseball, Commissioner Manfred, and and this this guy, the head of the Hall of Fame. This, uh, whatever the hell his name is. They're raping Pete Rose of of his great legacy. And I'm sure if you ask Pete Rose, I mean, I know, I know Pete. I mean, he says, I hear him on radio commercials. There's a website to get him in the Hall of Fame. I just, <sighs> baseball needs to stop. Baseball needs to stop acting like they are this holier-than-thou organization I honestly believe Major League Baseball believes that it's the it's like that they are right under like religious organizations like they they feel that they are hold they are held to that high of a power if it's, it's it's been over 30 years he's come out several times and been remorseful about what he did it's not like he's coming out and saying he doesn't you know that he, that he would do it all again I because I know you gotta know that he wouldn't. Knowing all the bullshit that it's put him through, it's preventing him from getting in the Hall of Fame. 
the ultimate, the ultimate, that is the ultimate single player accolade you could get is to be put in your sports Hall of Fame. He won World Series. He's won three. He he hit the, the pinnacle from a team perspective, and he will never, as long as he lives, the man's 76 years old, and he's going to die having not hit the pinnacle as a player and being put into the Hall of Fame. The greatest hitter in baseball history will never be put in the Hall of Fame as long as he's alive. Maybe 20 years from now on... Uh, the league feels remorseful. Whoever's running the league then, maybe they feel remorseful and they, they put him in. And they have Pete's living family members come back. You know, they all go out there and this and that. And, you know, the, and then the league will probably feel good about itself. They'll probably feel like they, you know, they righted it. You know, they, they mended that fence with Pete Rose. Well, guess what? It's not going to be the same thing because Pete Rose will be dead. He will be long dead by then. If he ever gets into the Hall of Fame, he will be long dead by that day. And the league is going to act like they're doing this great this great tribute to Pete Rose. Well, guess what? It will be an embarrassment. It will be an embarrassment to Pete Rose. It will be an embarrassment to his family. It will be an embarrassment to your league that after all these years, after the man's dead, that's when you put him in. All the years he was alive, he had to suffer. He had to be he had to go through this ban that you placed on him for betting on baseball. Not even betting against his team, betting for his team. Didn't do anything to change the outcome of games for his benefit. He bet on his team. Never against. And you're gonna come out one day. I know he'll get in one day, but it's not gonna be when he's alive. And when that day comes, you know, whoever the commissioner is at the time, Bud Seal will probably be dead all the years he kept him out. Bob Manfred might be dead all the years he's going to keep him out. Whoever the commissioner is at the time is going to come out with this probably long PR director written speech of how the, the league has wronged Pete Rose and how it's time to put the past in the past. Well, guess what? The most important person in all of this, who is Pete Rose, isn't going to be there. So the league needs to swallow its pride. They need to stop being children about the matter, about something that happened 30 years ago. Let go of the grudge and put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I see all the time people say Dick Allen should be in the Hall of Fame, and he probably should. I never saw Dick Allen play. I don't know enough about Dick Allen, but I do know that somebody that deserves probably more than anybody else to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame is Pete Rose. Whether and like and it's never going to happen while he's alive. And I I don't know what the eligibility rules are as far as I don't know if there's a uh, after a certain amount of time you can't be eligible for the Hall of Fame anymore, and that's probably what's going to happen. You know, I said that years from now he might get in after he's dead, but if there's eligibility rules, then then it's never going to happen. And it's a joke. The MLB needs to look itself in the mirror and realize that they are not America's pastime anymore like they think they are. Football is now. If you polled the country, I'm sure you'll find out that your sport is not 
as big as I'm sure they think it is. And a guy like Pete Rose getting back uh, in baseball in some way, shape, or form, especially getting in the Hall of Fame, is probably one of the best things they could do for their league. I never saw Pete Rose play, but I've read stories, I've read stats, I've seen videos. That's all I need to see. That's all I need to know to undoubtedly say that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. And that's just that. And that's how I'm going to close out this week. Um, Once again, follow the mothership on Twitter. Uh, Check him out online, phlsportsnation.com. And check me out on Twitter at Mark Flagman, two ends. And as always, check out the show on Twitter at Broadpat Sports. We're going to have a lot going up next week. Two drafts, Flyers and Sixers drafts. Um, we're going to have an NBA draft special and an NHL draft special. Really? Someone's going to uh, focus on the NHL. Well, that's great. So uh, until next week, um, have, a good, have a good life.